TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the updates and uh, the trials that have taken place this past week. Uh, we have Amber Geiger, uh, who's facing a murder trial in Dallas. I'm going to talk about Jason Dusterhoff, who going to give a weekly update on his case. Uh, the Austin police commander who's trying to get his job back, who was um, permanently... I guess, what do you call it? Permanently suspended uh, or terminated from the Austin Police Department. I tell you, it's just filled with sex, porn, and murder. That's all it's filled with. Also, let me get this right. You want all the guns confiscated, all the ARs, all the AKs, so that only Donald Trump will have all the guns. That's what some people are saying. Yeah, that's what uh, Beto said at all places at Kent State University. Really? Yeah. All places. How ironic is that? How rich in irony is saying that all the people should be disarmed and only the government should have guns at the university where the National Guard came in, killed four students, shot them dead. Wow. I, t- I tell you what, you know what? Let's listen to uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, is it Robert, Robert Francis? Robert Francis. Robert Francis, ladies and gentlemen. I believe in you. I know that you're going to force this to happen. Any significant change that we have ever seen in this country has been purchased with the service and the sacrifice of young people. I just met one of those who was here at Kent State on the 4th of May, 1970. When you go to the center, you can see a picture of him waving a black flag in front of those National Guardsmen who would then open fire and kill four students and injure Nine more. He was willing. Alan Canfora was willing to sacrifice his life to make sure that this country did the right thing. All right, so we come back um, after the next break. We're going we're gonna to break that down a little bit to you because that's actually ironic that he's talking about uh, taking guns away while at Kent State when the, what was it, the National Guard? National Guard, yep. Fired shots um, among college students and killed several college students? Shot four of them dead. Four yeah. of them dead? They were there protesting the right. government. The government. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So let's take all the guns away so the government will have the guns. That's what we're saying. Isn't that what the 2A was written for? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. I think we need some education in here. We're going to learn today. <laughs> all right. So I also want to give you an update on the uh, Justin Dusterhoff case. Uh, and let's bring into the conversation Elizabeth Smith. Elizabeth, you're on with Come and Talk It. Hi, Michael. Hi, Zach. This is Elizabeth Smith with External Affairs. How are y'all today? Outstanding, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good. So where should we start with this? Well, the, I, um, this case I sat, this, this case started yeah. on a Tuesday, and, it, and it's gone all the way until <clears throat> Friday. It's not even over yet. They're just uh, they, uh, they right. postponed it. It's actually going to start up again at the end of October, on October 23rd. So we didn't even get a chance to see all the videos. We only got no, to see not- just... Just half of the yeah, porn there's, videos. There's uh, there's one video that has yet to be played. Um, uh, yeah, so I think you know just to remind everybody. So we we were in attendance for every moment of that hearing through Tuesday through Friday, and so we went into a continuance a little bit before eleven thirty on Friday afternoon because the volume of information that they were going over, the hearing examiner simply did not have time to continue the hearing on Monday. So it's not the 23rd. It's actually uh, October 22nd, 23rd, and 24th uh, as of Friday. However, um, as you're aware, and you and I kept in close contact, I'm, I'm not sure what will happen at this point. And I think it's also really important to remind people that Jason Dusterhoff took the very unusual step of filing a lawsuit against private citizens in our city. And so those citizens uh, have every right to sit through every moment of that testimony and to make notes and to prepare a defense. And that's what we're doing. Um, It was I I don't even know where to start. Many parts of it were surreal. Many parts of it did not play well for him. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm hearing feedback. Yeah, I'm hearing my own voice. You're fine. We have a couple technical difficulties. Okay. Try to ignore that. Okay. So um, it was very interesting. I, I am a great note taker. So... I found, you know, one of the oddest parts of the whole thing is that uh, based on one text message between Jane Doe 1 and Dusterhoff, um, the city of Austin opted to call a private citizen uh, by her full name and refer to her, I would have to guess, at least 25 times a day as a prostitute, uh, a sugar baby, a drug addict, and an alcoholic. And the city's attorneys had never met her, spoken with her, or involved her in the preparation for this. Mm. So uh, she introduced herself right at 11.30 on Friday. I know, so I know the, city I of Austin, say, the city of Austin would never participate in victim shaming. Well, it, it is stunning, I'll have to tell you. And uh, she, she conducted herself with such grace and poise for the, the entire week. And so... When I, when I say we are tentatively scheduled to show back up October 22nd, the honest truth is I, I think there will be a seismic shift in what is going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> what, I, what I noticed also were there, 
their credible quote unquote, so use the ironic quotes, their credible witnesses were nowhere to be found. And what's so what's we, and what's weird about this is you you know whenever they do these uh, these hearings, uh, whenever you have a a police officer that goes before a hearing to try to get their job back, you know you have other officers show up in force. Uh, in in yes. uniform um, as yes. a sign of I don't know what that what that is to me intimidation it, to me uh, it looks like a sign of intimidation yeah, it, yeah. well the, it did not work um, at all and what uh, was really weird us. was you had yeah. all these officers standing around in uniform pretty much watching porn watching yeah and making fun of Jason mm. yeah so that I mean, and we I and we overheard. and there's and there's a threat out there there's a serious threat uh, that was released well, by the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, over the Joker movie, and yeah. and and I'm just you know I'm worried that you know we're so focused on you know this case this person and we're not out there trying to make sure that the community is being safe, especially especially when this threat that was released by the Texas Department of Public Safety uh, over the Joker movie uh, is it's going to start the weekend of ACL. Yeah, next right, weekend. Right. Hey, yeah. we get we have a break. Let's. I have a proposal for what citizens can do to defend that, since the police won't. Oh, it's simple. Carry a gun. Well, they, but, but <laughs> get a gun. Let the community go police outside those theaters, since they won't let people. No, no, in. no. I'm not police. I'm not a police officer. This is. I'm, I, I carry a, a LTC license to carry handgun. This is about my protection and protection of my family. I'm not worried yeah, about anyone too. else or anybody like yeah. that. I'm not a police officer. I'm, I don't want to yep. be a police officer. I'm just saying. I don't we, have a badge. Right. I'm not concerned about protecting no one else except for my family. I'm, I'm just selfish. saying we know when the threat's coming. Why don't we, as a community, mobilize and be a militia for nah. to defend each other? Nah, I'm not. I'm not a cop. That's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> my job is to protect me. <laughs> well, most of them were in the hallways of this hearing this week, but it, um, yeah, it was a surreal experience. I, I expect this is going to take a very, very different turn at this point. These other credible witnesses uh, who the city, you know, made. Absolutely sure. Everyone understood Jane Doe, too, is not credible. But I, I have a list here of, of first and last names of uh, folks that they talked about during this hearing who are miraculously absent. So let me tell you, that is not going to continue to be the case. All right. Hold on there, Elizabeth. All right. We come back. We're going to continue breaking this down because you know what? I, want every, I just want to ask this question. I want to throw this out there. You know, so let me get this right. You want all the guns confiscated and all ARs, all AK-47s, you want those confiscated, and you only want Donald Trump to have all the guns. We're talking about Amber Geiger, that update. We're talking about Jason Dusterhoff, the weekly update on sex, porn, and murder. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk This is Maj Kure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Talk 1370.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about the Amber Geiger murder trial that's going on this week. Also, Jason Dusterhoff, uh, that case that's going before a, I guess, a proctor. Um, they're reviewing this case to see if, or his situation, to see if he can get his job back with the Austin Police Department. He's a senior commander with the Austin Police Department, as he used to be, and he's trying to get his job back uh, after he was terminated in uh, December of last year. And we have uh, Elizabeth Smith with e- Eternal Affairs, External Affairs, uh, giving us an update because she was able to sit in on the entire uh, hearing uh, that took place this week. That's, that's not over, by the way. And what we're talking about is this commander... Um, and it was a very long memo, uh, right, Elizabeth, that uh, yeah. the police chief used to actually terminate this commander. Yeah, I've got it here right in my hand. Uh, I think it's 14 pages long. Okay. Uh, 17, I'm sorry, with uh, Jason's signature here on the 17th page. But, yeah, the, you know, the memo is long. The memo is detailed. And the memo is, for the most part, I would say correct. Um and so, you know, for, for a day and a half, what his, his attorney, you'll have to excuse my, my laughter, what his attorney did was, um, you know, just really try to hammer home. Now, a day and a half, we listened to what is the difference between strangling and choking. So they, um, and they actually mentioned the word petechia, which I, I had to look that word up because I didn't know what that was. That's a, you're correct. Uh, I looked it up as well. And they did mention that. And the, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the officers think they were watching last week. It didn't play well. It didn't sound well. It didn't look well. It did not play well. And so I am. And what you're talking about is you're talking about the video that his counsel, uh, Jason Dusterhoff's counsel, provided from Jason, uh, which was a a pretty much a self-homemade porn video. It was stunning. So he was more than happy. He he opened up his own, it was a binder something, and took out two videos, two CDs in clear covers, and he handed them to his attorney or the AV guy, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. We had a long discussion. They went back and forth uh, for quite a while about playing that video in that setting, and he was adamant that that video be played. He was perfectly fine with Jane Doe 1's entire naked body, including mm. face, mm. Mm-hmm. being shown for the duration of that video. Mm. Mm-hmm. It did not play well. I don't know what they think they were watching. It didn't sound good. It didn't look good. And, and that, then, that just kills the public trust. You know, when you're talking about the senior commander of a police department, I mean, the public trust there, the loss of public trust. Well, right. And so, as you can imagine, in a couple of days since that hearing, a whole lot more information is coming forward to us about him, about his history with APD, starting back from the very beginning. And what I am hoping at this point, and can almost assure you, is we may not be reconvening on October 22nd. If we do, it will be with all of the witnesses, credible, uncredible, um, these people who are hidden in this um, disciplinary memo. Yeah, what, what will... are the initials of, the, of, of one individual? The initials of <laughs> CL? Yeah, yeah. Mr. CL. So we have obviously obtained his identity. Ooh. Um, no, not and... Mr. CL. Oh, yeah. Because according to the memo, what does the memo say about Mr. CL? 
<clears throat> well, um, I have it turned to a particular page, actually. Uh, funny you should ask. So this is a conversation. It's in uh, the, the disciplinary memo. Sergeant Jennings, who we heard a lot from, um, you know, rather flippantly calling Jane Doe to the birthday girl. Mm. And then Mr. CL says, uh, well, Jennings says to him, so you took $40 of your own money and went and gave dot, 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 yes. That's what Mr. Seal says to somebody, whoever that person is, pointed out which table it was, and someone delivered a 40 bag of cocaine to them. Mm. Mr. Mm. Seal says, that's what I said. So we didn't get to meet Mr. Seal last week. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we, it's, what happened last week is probably not going to happen again or continue in mm. the same format that it did last week. That I can assure you. That is stunning. That is really stunning. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, as you're aware, uh, more things have happened since Friday afternoon, which we will be addressing tomorrow at 8 a.m. at a particular location. Oh, oh, oh. now you got me intrigued. Yep. All right, so we'll have to find out about that a little later. So this this case, uh, this hearing lasted uh, from Tuesday to Friday. It's not over yet uh, for uh, former Commander Jason Dusterhoff. It's going to continue on on October 23rd. Is that correct? The the 22nd is 22nd. Uh, the date that they set before uh, Jane Doe 2 introduced herself. So it was the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. This hearing has already uh, lasted twice as long as a regular hearing does. I've heard from other officers. So they generally last between two and three days. So we will see what happens. But okay. and, and we'll then, be there. And, and then the, the commander, I mean, he's got a, a history of, you know, being, you know, brought on, there, you know, like promoted, you know, then demoted, well, and then we found you know, a, we, fired. We found out a lot more about this officer's history. And so thank you to everyone who's come forward with pertinent information, and we, we will see what happens October 22nd. All right, awesome. Man, thank you, Elizabeth Smith uh, All from right. External we'll Affairs. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, so now let's switch gears. We're going to talk about this Amber Geiger case. Uh, man, uh, this is just shocking. Amber Geiger, who is the Dallas police officer who was actually, and it, it broke today, I guess, well, this week. Basically, she was on her way home from work, and she was in uniform, officer working very hard. and Working overtime. Working overtime, and which they do in Dallas because uh, they're short officers. Uh, and so then apparently... As she was on her way home, she was actually on a phone call talking to someone and mistakenly drove into the wrong floor of the garage, got out of her vehicle, and she actually pulled in one floor higher than what she lived on and went to what she thought was her apartment that had a red carpet on, on the bottom. She didn't see the red carpet uh, and went into the apartment, saw someone that she thought was her – It was she thought it was her apartment – end up shooting and killing the uh, the guy that actually lived there, uh, uh, Mr. Botham. Botham John. Botham John, okay. So let's listen to this recording here of the, the trial this week. In the last 10 minutes of Bo's life, Amber Geiger made a series of unreasonable errors and unreasonable decisions and unreasonable choices. 
The prosecution showed that Geiger had been sexting her former patrol partner, Officer Martin Rivera, in the hours before she shot both of Jean, sending each other pictures on Snapchat and exchanging explicit texts. On her drive home from her 13-hour day, minutes before the shooting, she was on the phone with Rivera for 16 minutes. It was during that call that prosecutors say she mistakenly parked on the garage floor above her apartment, walked past 16 units to Botham Jean's unlocked door with a distinctive red mat outside, opened the door, and shot Jean. She then called 911 and sent more texts to her partner, one stating, I need you. She should have been giving 100% of her attention to that man. 100%. Should you be giving 100% of your attention to the person who's dying in front of you, if you can? Yes, you should. Should you be sending text messages? No. So this officer on her way home, busy sexting, basically, and wasn't paying attention to her surroundings and what she was doing, drove onto the wrong floor of the parking garage. She actually drove up to the level above where she lived. She parked her vehicle, got out of the vehicle, walked past several units and approached a unit that she thought was hers, directly above hers, had a red mat on the floor, didn't notice that because she was sexting, having that nice little sexy conversation, opened the door, didn't notice that she was in the wrong apartment, wasn't her furniture, didn't belong to her, and she opened the door, saw this resident, and shot and killed him. We come back from the break, going to talk about that and a little more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're talking about the Amber Geiger murder trial that's going on in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm just shocked. I don't know how you go to the wrong floor. Um, you're just not paying attention. You're on the telephone. You're talking. That's our biggest weakness. We're so busy, you know, talking on the phone, texting and things like that. And we're not aware of, of what we're doing, not aware of our surroundings at all. To the point that you're on the wrong floor. You get out of your vehicle. You park. You walk to a door, past several doors, and you stop at a door that has a red carpet on the bottom, didn't notice the red carpet, and you open the door, and it's not your apartment, didn't notice that, didn't notice the furniture wasn't Wait, yours. Wasn't the door unlocked? Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter, but it, it, I'm pretty sure it was locked, <laughs> you know, but the way their swipes were, you open it really quick, but didn't notice. She didn't notice, you know, it wasn't, you know, wasn't her apartment, wasn't her yeah. furniture. There are also two potted plants outside the door as well, as well as the bright red doormat. That bright red doormat. It I was get bright red. Wow. It just like blinds you when you right. see it. 
you, you would think you would look up and say, oh, wow, this is not mine. Floor. Yeah, and you know, if she gets acquitted from this, then that sets a really bad precedent mm. that you can just, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I shot somebody dead. It wasn't my apartment. Oh, I just thought it was mine. Go to the academy if you want to get it with murder, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or is she special because she's a police officer? I don't know. It's, man, this is a pretty bad situation. And how would Texans for Accountable Government fight that? Yeah, we'll see. All right, so, and and you know what? Let's look, take a look at the uh, credible threat that's coming from the Texas, Public, Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, and this broke this week. We, we actually broke this story on our Facebook page, uh, this Crime Awareness Prevention Action case. It uh, was a, a memo that we received in, via social media, and it, the memo says that the Fort Sill CID office received an intelligence bulletin regarding a credible potential mass shooting to occur at an unknown movie theater during the release of the new Joker movie scheduled on October the 4th, 2019. The intelligence bulletin was published by Travis County Sheriff's Office, in which that turned out to be not correct, by the way. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to contact um, the U.S. United States Army Criminal Investigation Command out of Quantico, Virginia, uh, and I verified with them that, you know, that that did not come with the Travis County Sheriff's Department. Also, I called the Travis County Sheriff's Department and check with the PAO there as well. And they said they did not release that information. It did not come from them. Uh, they said it actually came from, you know, the Texas Department of Public Safety. So we actually verified that with Quantico and also with the Travis County Sheriff's Department as well. And so it turned out that uh, there's some type of threat, some credible threat uh, that the Texas Department of Public Safety is aware of uh, that, that something may happen, you know, the weekend of October the 4th. And, uh, and that's, by the way, that is the first weekend of Austin City Limits. Yep. And, you know, with, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm very concerned because now we have this situation of, you know, uh, camping and lying down is all legal. You can, you know, so a person can be laying around. So a person can actually lay down, lay down on the ground, pretend they're homeless, and then decide to commit some type of carnage. Well, it's not even that. Just think how many people there's going to be with ACL camping. Yeah. And you know, you just have someone that can, you know, if they really want it to be a serious threat, all they have to do is pretend they're homeless, sit right there on the sidewalk, and and then when they're ready to strike, they can strike. Yeah, out of towners coming in from ACL could camp on the sidewalk. Absolutely, well, and it could be more than just one person. That's true. Yeah, because that festival is, it is so packed in there in Zilker Park. It's like a. Well, I don't go to festivals. Can like of sardines. That. Yeah. It's not safe. It's really not. And you, and you and they, since they're controlling access, I believe they can prohibit you from carrying there as they well. They do, I believe. Yeah, so they can actually yeah. prohibit you from carrying since they're controlling access to the event. Fish in a barrel. And so, yeah, absolutely. So I would, I, I would go the last weekend, the last few hours, because then their wands, the batteries are dead, and they're not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when I attend. Uh, you know, but that, you know, that's so just be aware of your surroundings that weekend. That's the first weekend of ACL. And that's when this threat's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be something surrounding the uh, the Joker movie or something like that. But, hey, uh, you may want to make sure if you're going to go out and about that weekend, just any weekend, really, be aware of your surroundings and what's going on out there. Uh, make yep. sure you have a way out. Uh, when you're walking into a building, make sure you know, you know where the exits are in case there's an emergency. You have to get your family out of there. And look for traps, too. Look for tripwires, things like that. You never know. 
Um, you know how things are in Austin. We've had our experiences. Yeah. What do you think? I'm not going to go. You're not going anywhere? You're going to watch Netflix? Netflix? <laughs> Maybe do something other than that. Oh, man, I cherish the moment. I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm taking, I make sure I, I'm carrying three. I'm carrying my main, my backup, and my backup to my backup. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I have extra magazines, and I cherish the moment. I stand in the door. I'm ready. Just be waiting. You'll be that guy that uh, Ryan was talking about earlier. Man, let's the do theater. this. Let, hey, I'm let's... not. I'm not going to let anyone scare me and stay home. I'm not staying home. I cherish the moment. I might do be petitioning or something, but let's set up a let's set up something mounted for my petition table. <laughs> well, just outside ACL too. No, I'm not. I'll, be, I'll be ready to go for when it happens. You'll be ready to run. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I cherish the moment. That's right. I'm packing. I'm ready to go. I'm not going to let someone scare me into staying home. I'm not staying home. I'm not going to you know, do any of that stuff. I'm going to go about my day and do everything that I normally do, and I'm going to be aware of my surroundings. Yeah, life's too scared, too short to be scared all That's the time. That's right. Live your life. Yeah, I just don't normally go to ACL. So <laughs> no, I don't go, no, I don't go to those big events like that. No way. Yeah, going to get me. Out there. I'd never go to those events. It's too sweaty. But I, you know, I, and, and I may go to the movies. You never know. I wasn't planning on it. I may go now. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to the movies. Y'all want to go see the Joker? We're going to see the Joker. <laughs> Let me tell you. We're going to go see the Joker. All right. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's what you do. That's the attitude you take. All right. And by the way, uh, give us a call. Our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. Jen on Facebook says, uh, been calling 311 to suggest they move ACL Fest to the boonies. Oh, why, Jen? No, this is fun. <laughs> we got the homeless situation, the homeless crisis. We got the ACL, and we got a possible threat. Let me tell you, this is this is what we live for here. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this whole uh, camping ordinance is going to affect ACL and how that pans out. Oh, and just wait till South by. Well, they've been cleaning it up lately. They've been sneaking around, cleaning up all the little trash now over the last few days, and then they've been trying to get some housing for people. Uh, at least temporarily get them off the street and, and trying to encourage them, you know, to stay, you know, where they are so who's for at least the for next the, two weeks. Who's paying for those hotels? I don't know. Oh, it's, I don't know. Although not, we might as well, for what we're spending on the homeless each night, we might as well be getting them all, just put them up in hotels anyways. That's not a hotel. It's actually uh, actually a little, there's a, there's several facilities that people are not aware of that are in South Austin, uh, uh, Central Austin, where they actually can house, they are housing the homeless. They don't have enough beds because they're housing quite a bit. Are they voluntary or? Ah, this, is a, this is privately owned. Wow, this uh, whole house, this homeless industrial complex, sounding pretty, uh, pretty big. What do you mean? Everything that's involved. This new uh, building in South Austin that Mayor Adler has, uh, you know, got going. Well, that's just, a fi- arch. that's just a financial burden on the taxpayers. We need to be going without these voluntary solutions that we don't have to pay for unless we want to. Man, I, 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 I reached out to the guy that jumped out of the, from the second floor of the burning building uh, there and, and, and immediately ran over to the media where the cameras were and said, it was a homeless. <laughs> what happened? Oh, man, when they had the fire a couple weeks ago over on Ben White and over near Bannister oh, in Ben White. Oh, you didn't see the fire? Uh-uh. Wow. Yeah, there was a fire at Old Dark 30 in the morning, and this guy, he jumped off, like, the second floor of the balcony or somewhere. He came running over. He ran over to the uh, where the, the press was located, and the assistant police chief – no, I'm sorry, assistant fire chief, sorry, was given a press briefing, given a little update, 
and he, while somebody was in the burning building uh, yeah <laughs> what <laughs> apparently and so this this uh this guy ran over priorities <laughs> this guy, it, was, it was i guess it was just craziness i don't know this guy ran over and jumped in front of the camera and said it was the homeless i was there and i've been we've been sending you know sending complaints and doing all kinds of crazy mess didn't was, a lot of people lose their insurance because of the homeless the potential for homeless fires i don't think so where'd you get where'd you get that from and i don't think that's true that's what I've heard. No, I, I, I'll have to check my sources, but no, no one lost their insurance because of threats of homeless fires. Mm, nah, I've never heard of that. No, no. There, there's a lot of different coverage uh, coverage out there that you can get. There's um, because there's uh, what do you call it? Uh, terrorist threats or uh, coverage and stuff like that. There's a lot of different levels of coverage that you can get, but I never heard of that at, at all. Actually, all right, so. That's our, you know, our, our, our coverage of the, the threat. So this, just you know, remember while you're out and about uh, the next few weekends, definitely be extra care. Uh, make sure you got, you know, you are aware, you have a plan of what you're going to do. And there's an emergency, you have a code word or something like that you're going to use uh, so you can protect yourself and also protect your family. Now, I want to talk about Kent State because Beto. Oh, yeah. Beto's over at Kent State University. And he gave a little speech, and in that speech... The same boorish speech that he gave at the debate. How much are you paying him for advertising for you? Who, Beto? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not advertising. But it's, I'm, it's I'm, just I'm... funny, though. <laughs> well, when the libertarians come up with a candidate, then we'll talk. Oh, no, I'm talking about... <laughs> I mean, how much are you paying him to be your employee of the month? Oh, oh, oh no. Gun sales oh, of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we need, uh, I need the libertarians to come up with a candidate. That's what I need. I, I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm yeah. doing a full frontal approach on because this is a perfect opportunity for you know the Libertarian Party uh, to come up with a candidate, you know, a strong candidate, a reliable cam- candidate that's going to stand up strong. So I have one, and it's a shot in the dark, but we'll see. There's, on a national level, he's he knows he's not going to win the presidency in in reality, but he well, knows if he you can. Know, if you know you're not going to win, we don't need that person running. We need someone that thinks they can win. Okay, Mark Cuban, but we don't have the. You got to walk into it thinking. Is he a libertarian? We don't have the infrastructure yet to support that. We need to accept that and grow the local parties. And once the local parties grow, we'll have our base. If if that's what you're reaching for, then that's only you. Then you're not even gonna you're gonna come shy of that. But if you're reaching for the stars, you say, you know what, I'm reaching for the heavens. Then you may actually reach the heavens or come just a little short. But if you say, I only want to jump, I'm just reaching for the top of the house. You may not even reach the top of the house. Oh, we're shooting for 2024. Don't get me wrong. This is just I'm I've I've done libertarian campaigns at pretty high levels in Texas, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And there's just not the resources there. All right. Jay says, remind your friends the ACL Festival starts October the 4th and they can save a lot of money by camping instead of paying out the wazoo in a hotel. They won't have to pay the room tax either. All you got to do is camp out on the sidewalks of the city of Boston. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Austin's Talk, 1370. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. Oh, man, this is Texas, the Lone Star State. Boy, imagine someone talking about they want to take your ARs. They're going to knock, at your, knock on your door and take your AKs from you. Ah, and I perished a moment. <laughs> yeah, he's not even from Texas, right? He sounds not, Irish. Really, he does sound Irish. He don't know. He don't know. But he's going to learn today. Uh-huh. I cannot believe he said what he said where he said it. I thought I told you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, yeah. so let's let's take a look at uh, the history of behind uh, Kent State, what actually happened. Um, let's, let's take a look, look at this clip here. Headley's off tonight. I'm David Brinkley, NBC News. Kent State University in Ohio has had campus violence for three nights, causing the National Guard to be called in. And today, the guardsmen opened fire on the students, killing four of them, two young men and two young women. Three were shot in the chest and one in the head. A dozen or more others were wounded, some by gunfire and some by bayonets. The university is closed and all faculty and students have been sent home. The students were protesting the American invasion of Cambodia. The National Guard was called in over the weekend by Ohio Governor James Rhodes. Today, when 1,500 students started an anti-war rally on the university commons, the guardsmen surrounded them. Then, when some students started throwing rocks, the guard moved in with tear gas. were forced up a hill by the tear gas. Some of them started throwing gas canisters back at the guardsmen. Others threw rocks. Then a formation of guardsmen marched up the hill and fired their rifles at the students. Two young women were killed, and at least a dozen other students were wounded. It took university officials two hours to disperse the students. Then the university was closed for the remainder of the week. The guard has sealed off the city. Assistant Adjutant General Frederick Wenger said later the guardsmen did not open fire until after they came under sniper fire themselves. Governor Rhodes has asked FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover to investigate the shootings. Fred DeBrine, NBC News, reporting. This is all ironic because, you know, we sit back and we say, you know, let's go ahead and take all the guns. Let's, you know, let's go ahead and confiscate. Let's come up with red flag laws. Let's do this. Let's find our way inside someone's homes and take their firearms away from them, that one little tool. And you're going to make sure that the only person that's going to have all the guns is going to be Donald Trump. You let that sink in for a few minutes. He's going to have all the guns once you confiscate them. He'll have his hand on the button. So, you know, you just think about that and just, you know. For people that are on the left and you're considering, you know, the the track that you're on. And then you look at this situation at Kent State. You know, we 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 just totally forget about history. 
we forget and we think, oh, my goodness, nothing this tragic has ever happened. We've never experienced anything like this before. You totally forget history. You don't have a clue. You, don't, you, you just don't remember the things that have, that have taken place in this country. I'm so grateful that I actually had a I had the experience of being raised uh, by my grandparents have you know, being I had this experience of you know talking to my great grandfather who had an opportunity to tell me some of the things that have taken place in his life where he lived uh in the state in this state other states and what his his family actually experienced so I can hear it from him because he lived through those uh, he he lived this and so I'm grateful for that. So I understand wh- the history of this country, some of that negative and nasty stuff that has actually happened here. And I don't live in this, you know, utopia society where I think that everything's all roses and, you know, red and, and all and all peaches and cream. I mean, yeah, history shows the two two a works and prime example is Nazi Germany. They took away the guns. Um, the Warsaw Ghetto kept their guns. Obviously, the Nazis came to power because of losing the guns, but the Warsaw Ghetto, they were able to hold off the Nazi party in the heart of Nazi Germany for quite a while just because they kept their guns and fought. Yeah, and if you want a little refresher on who has really killed the most people, you can do a Google search for democide, and the University of Hawaii has this whole... um, just a whole website dedicated to showing how many people have been killed by their own governments. And the numbers are staggering. They're mm. in the hundreds of millions of people who have been killed by their own governments. I mean, as we sit here right now, there's a you know protest going on in, uh, in, in, in what is it, Beijing? Yeah, in uh, Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Uh, right now as we speak, you know, you're talking about Hong Kong. Uh, they're singing the national anthem. Uh, our national anthem. Our national anthem. And they are begging for 2A rights. Yeah, begging for it. And here we are talking about taking away your rights and giving all the power to the government. Yeah, and I just saw a video today of a protester getting beat by six of the uh, Beijing police at the same time. He was just getting the crap beat out of them with a baton. And what they're trying to do over there when people are filming these people who are getting arrested or beaten, they scream out their own name. So somebody's documenting it. And while this guy was trying to say his own name so that, you know, when he disappears, there's some kind of record of what happened right before. So when this guy's trying to scream out his own name, the police immediately cover his mouth with their hands. So, you know what I say to all the people who think we should get rid of the Second Amendment? Move to California and secede. And, and it, it's funny because, you know, it all California, you think back, how in the world did California get, you know, the way they are when it comes to. Uh, I can tell you what it away. is. It's these super districts. It's super districts. What do you mean? Super districts are essentially large concentrations of people that are the, all the major cities in the U.S. and they contain multiple congressional districts and are easy to run propaganda schemes. They're easy to control because they're, the people have groupthink and there's more societal pressure. What we need is people to go back to rural lifestyles, try and live remotely move out as much as possible and you know if you obviously we got to have the cities but there are oligarchs of power that are unseen oligarchs running things and it's the county chairs for these super districts pay attention to it it's there there's something to it and that's who's really running the democratic party is these heads of these super districts and that's what's pushing for us to lose our second amendment rights 
You think that's why, like, uh, you take a place like Austin, um, and you think that's why we're having some of the problems we're having now? Absolutely. Why do you say that? Because it's a super district. It's the the wealthiest people in the densest populations wanting to control that population. And what's the easiest way to control a dense population? I don't know. You tell me. Disarm them. Hmm. Well, the, you know, well, actually, I, 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 in a sense of that, you know, with the, the mayor saying, hey, you, you can now camp and lie. Well, if you can camp, that means you can have a gun in your tent. That means I can have a handgun in my tent. I can have a long gun in my tent. You know, so that means I can sit on the sidewalk, pop up a tent, and carry a gun. I Is can that do how it's written in the penal code? You're camping in your tent. Hey, and while, You can have a gun in your tent. While we're on um, city politics, pay attention to what's going on in Philadelphia with Maj Ture. I hear he was up at the, at the house um, testifying this week. Yeah, and big shout-outs to Maj. Uh, that's right. Uh, we'll get him on probably next weekend so he can give us a highlight and update of how that went, what he had to say, because I'm seeing videos of it. And I definitely, I know, I know Maj did a great job. All right. I'm, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. He always does. Right. So I know he, he he brought it down, brought the house down, just like uh um what's her name um, that always speaks from uh God I can't think of her and, name right now. And Maj, you're part of my local strategy. We're we're making a Philadelphia Libertarian Party, and no ifs ands or buts. You're leading that because you're you're the face right now. Uh, I don't know. Hey, he's running for city council. Who better to lead his city? For the libertarians, I don't, I don't think we need a party. I, th- I, you know, I think we just, you know, some people that have great ideas. I think should go forward. Oh, I think, well, I think we get involved in all these different parties. Independ- I think that's where the problem comes. I'm an independent first and foremost. And George Washington warned against political parties. They're going to happen inevitably. It's yeah. how do we deal with them? What are our mechanisms? I've got a plan, and I will present that another day. It's a little, it's a little long to go over right now, but uh, we'll see. It's simple. It's real simple. <laughs> all right, we'll see. <laughs> so just remember this. If you give all the guns away, you, you, you allow our guns to be taken away from us. If you allow them to walk in and take your AR-15s, if you allow them to walk in and take your AK-47, if you allow them to take your handgun, your pistol, uh, your AR pistol, your AK, if you allow them to take that, you know, your, your Smith & Wesson MPs, you allow them to take your, uh, your Springfield, you allow them to take your Glock, your 1911, if you allow them to walk in and confiscate them. You allow them to create these new laws that are going to be used, uh, that have proven to be used for the wrong reason. And we've seen that with the Patriot Act. If you allow them to do this, then the only person that's going to have the guns is going to be Donald Trump. <laughs> I can't say that enough. Well, I'm not worried about Donald Trump having the guns. I'm I worried. can't say that enough. I'm worried about who's after Donald Trump. We'll see. We'll see. Just let them have it. <laughs> but I'm going to keep mine. Going to keep them quiet. Going to keep them silent. Going to bury my stuff out in some property in Bastrop. Maybe in Houston County. With your holes? <laughs> you have holes in these hills? I have holes everywhere. <laughs> not going to tell you. Not going to know where they are. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You will listen to Come and Talk It. With Michael Cargill.
your chains.